Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. All right. You can be Our little ones to come on up. We'll dismiss our kids to Children's Church today. Appreciate our little ones. Appreciate our workers. We'll spend time with our kids every Sunday morning. All right, guys. Everybody off the platform. you got to be down there on the steps. All right. There you go. All right. Let's pray over our kids today. Father, we thank you for our children. Thank you for the parents that bring them every Sunday. We ask your blessings on them as they depart to learn of you. Thank you for our workers, our staff that volunteer and serve, and we pray you bless them. Be with our kids. Help them to hear and receive the word of God today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We always like to give our kids a hand as they leave, so go ahead and applaud them. Why don't you get up, turn around, shake someone's hand, tell them you're glad to see them in the Lord's house today. We'll get right into the message. Good to see you this morning. All right. Good to see you all. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 17. I want to uh, continue one more Sunday talking about Thanksgiving and talking about this this topic of being thankful and gratitude. And we've always heard the saying that gratitude uh, is, that we need to have this attitude of gratitude, right? We've heard that our entire life. And that's a very true statement. But I want to share with you today a little bit from God's Word how gratitude is more than just an attitude. 
And that's what we're going to be talking about. So take your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 17. Uh, we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture in verse number 11 and following. So while you're turning there, just let me say one more uh, prayer request. Uh, I want you guys to be praying for Mr. Frank. This is Patty's dad. He's going to have some major surgery on his hand on December the 20th. Uh, so we want to lift him and his family up in prayer as he, uh, as he has this surgery. Also, while you're turning in Scripture to Luke 17, uh, Jordan is home. And I just got word from Tammy that he's home, uh, back from Army Reserve basic training. And well, I don't see him in here, though. So, we're, Oh, there he is. I'm sorry. I couldn't even see you. Stand up, Jordan. All right, now, let's give him a welcome home applause, right? Congratulations, Jordan. Glad you're home. And... Uh, I didn't see you earlier today, and your mother just told me, so I'm uh, glad you're here. And uh, so uh, he's in Army Reserves, and he'll be going to what, Northern Illinois uh, University? When do you start there? In January, going off to college and uh, still doing his Army Reserves. So it's always good to have you back, and so uh, congratulations on your achievements thus far. That's a big step, big ordeal to get through basic training, uh, so congratulations. Mom, are you glad he's home? Yeah, all right. <laughs> I know, that's tough, I tell you. Until you have a kid go off and experience that, I don't know, I, I never even had any idea what that was all about until you have a child that goes off into the service, uh, whatever branch it is. That basic training is tough on mom and dad, let me tell you. That's tough, right? Uh, so anyway, glad you're home, Jordan. And Miss Tammy, good to see you and the boys there. Luke chapter 17, are you there? All right, I want to talk to you. How many of you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving meal or your Thanksgiving with your family this weekend? <laughs> Uh, how many of you guys loved, loved, loved the leftover turkey sandwiches like the next day or two after? Isn't that amazing? Uh, do you guys, any of you guys eat green bean sandwiches? No, we're from the South and in the South. Frank, you eat a green bean sandwich? Yeah. We eat green bean sandwiches in the South and that's where you don't throw out the leftover green beans. You put them in the fridge and then you warm them up and you get you a nice piece of soft, fresh bread. You got to put some good mayonnaise, mayonnaise on both sides of it. Then you, huh? Yeah, JFG is the brand right there. JFG is the brand you need to get. If you guys haven't experienced that, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay? So you got to put mayonnaise on both sides of that bread. Then you take those green beans and you heat them up. And then you take those heated green beans and you put it on that mayonnaise, JFG mayonnaise bread. And then if you like onions, you get you a big old slab of an onion and you lay it right on top. Then you lay the other piece and you eat that. How many has ever experienced that? No? How many has done? How, how many, raise your hand if you've eaten a green bean. There's every, you can tell these folks from the south, from Arkansas, from North Carolina, from Tennessee, right? We eat that kind of stuff, right? I mean, there's a lot more kind of stuff we eat that you're probably not even aware of, but that is certainly one of them. So you need to go try it, okay? If you haven't tried that, you need to try it. I guess I said all of that to say this. None of us here missed Thanksgiving, did we? Right? None, I don't know of anybody here that missed Thanksgiving. Well, I'm going to share with you in Luke chapter 17, I want to share with you nine guys who missed Thanksgiving. Okay? And I don't believe it's any of us, but I want to show you in Scripture nine individuals that missed Thanksgiving. So are you there? In Luke chapter 17 and verse number 11. Scripture says, While traveling to Jerusalem, he, and that being Jesus, passed between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, ten men with serious skin diseases met him. That serious skin diseases, some translations say leopards or leprosy. Uh, they, they were leopards, and it's, an, it's a horrible skin disease. And 
I don't know if you've ever Googled some of the images of leprosy to try to get an idea of what's taking, here, taking place here. These individuals were unclean. Uh, they were not allowed to go into the, to the tabernacle or into the temple, and they had to stay outside the city gates, and they had to declare that they were unclean to everybody that passed by, and, and so they were outcast. I mean, it's a horrible disease. They would lose uh, fingers and thumbs and, and arms and body parts, and they, they would just decay and fall off. Just a horrible, horrible disease that they had. Well, here you have these ten guys, and they have this horrible skin disease called leprosy, and they stood at a distance as they were supposed to do. But they raised their voices in verse 13 saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he told them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And while they were going, they were healed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. And he fell face down at his feet, thanking him. And he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus said, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? There's the nine guys that miss Thanksgiving. Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? And didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. In today's message, as we think about the whole topic and the idea that gratitude is more than an attitude, whenever we think about these nine guys that miss Thanksgiving, I want to share in this message today with you one question. We're just going to look at one question. I want to share with you three observations. I think I have a slide for this, Charlie. I want to share with you three observations as a result of this. Then I'm going to share with you four thoughts on gratitude, and then I want to give you three takeaways. And I know that's a lot, but I'm going to be fast. I'm probably going to slow down a little bit on the observations. I'm going to hit real quickly the four thoughts on gratitude, and then I want to unpack a little bit the three takeaways that I want you to leave here with whenever you think about gratitude and having this spirit of attitude or the spirit of gratitude and realizing that it's more than just an attitude. It's something that we do. So let's look at this one question. How many of you guys went shopping on Black Friday? How many of you guys got up really early? Who got up the earliest and went shopping? Who got up before 6 a.m. and went shopping? Raise your hand if that's you. All right, Dan did. Yeah, there's another. Got anybody else? We got two or three in here that got up at 6 a.m. before 6 a.m. and went shopping. Did you find some good deals? Yeah, there's pretty good deals out there. We didn't do that this year, the early morning shopping. We've done it traditionally for years and years and years, and we didn't do it. But we went later in the afternoon. We kind of slept in a little bit on Friday morning, and then went later in the afternoon shopping. And and I should say my wife and the girls went shopping. I kind of just sat by Starbucks and held the stuff, right? And I was the drop-off point, and they found some amazing deals. Well, let me ask you, did you guys use your MasterCard or your Visa debit card? And the MasterCard's where I'm going. I want to ask you a question. Here's the question I want to ask you. What is it going to take in your life for you to use the MasterCard? I think I have that up there as a question. What's it going to take in your life for you to use your MasterCard? 
Now I want you to look in Scripture where these guys use their MasterCard. Look in Luke chapter 17 and verse number 11. It says, While traveling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten men with serious skin diseases met him. They stood at a distance and they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now these guys were at a dead end road. I mean, life basically was over for them. They were outcasts. They had to sit outside the city gates. They had to declare themselves unclean. They were not allowed into the temple to worship. So here they are at a dead-end road in their life, and they cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And I often thought, what does it take before we get to that place in our life? Hopefully and prayerfully, we don't have to wait till we're at a dead-end road. Hopefully and prayerfully, we don't have to wait till there's no other direction that we could go or no other decision that we could make or no other question that we could ask. Hopefully we don't wait till we get at a dead-end road in life before we cry out to our Master, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to save us, to help us, to redeem us, to give us direction, to give us insight, to give us stability to be our paraclete, the one who comes alongside of us and comforts us and leads us and guides us through life. My point is, don't wait until you're at a dead end to call out to Jesus. These guys, the question I want to ask, what does it take to get you to use your MasterCard? These guys were at a dead end. And finally, they called out to Jesus. Now, real quickly, let me give you some observations on this passage. And this kind of is the meat of the message that I want to share with you. And then real quickly, I'm going to give you four thoughts on gratitude. But let's look at these three observations. Let me try to unpack this, if you will, please. First of all, observation number one. Obedience always precedes God's blessings. Let's, let's say that together. Obedience always precedes God's blessing. Let's say it again, everybody. Obedience always precedes Say it again without me helping you. Obedience. So let me ask you a question. What is it that precedes the blessings of God? Obedience. That's what I want you to see here. These ten leopards cried out to Jesus, and Jesus responded to them, and they obeyed. Now, when they obeyed, it says that as they were going, they were healed in verse number 14. When he saw them, he told them, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they were going, they were healed. So they were obedient to the command of the Lord. Observation number two. That was number one. Observation number two is this. All ten of the leopards obeyed. Okay? Right? All ten of the leopards obeyed Jesus. They did exactly what he had commanded them to do. Now, I want you to take note. Jesus issued just one simple command to these leopards, right? They're, they're cast out. They're at a dead-end robe. They have this skin disease. There's no hope for them whatsoever. They cry out to Jesus, and they say, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus gives them just one simple command. Go and show yourself to the priest. And we find that all ten of them did that. All ten of them obeyed the command of Jesus. 
Now, none of these leopards started murmuring or complaining like we see that God's people often do. They did not question the command of the Lord. They did not negotiate. They did not murmur and talk among themselves. They took no exception to the command. It was not too heavy of a command for them to carry out. The simple command was what? Go show yourself to who? Talk to me. The priest. That was the simple command. Go and show yourself to the priest. So as they were going, Scripture says that they were healed. Now notice, Jesus did not heal them first, and then they went to show themselves to the priest. He simply told them, go show yourself to the priest. Notice something else. He did not even say that you're going to be healed. Right? They just assumed they would. But Jesus gave them no promise of their healing. Right? Do you see in Scripture where Jesus gave them promise of their Go show yourself to the priest. Right? And then you'll be healed. But they weren't healed before they went. So they're just assuming that Jesus is going to be truthful in what he says. And they're obeying the command of the Lord. Go show yourself to the priest. There's really no assurance that anything miraculous is going to take place. They just acted on the voice and the command of the Lord. And when they did that, they obeyed his voice. And their faith and their obedience is what brought healing to them. They were rewarded. Observation number three. Let's go a little further here. Obedience demonstrates faith. Okay? Now this is where it gets good. Obedience demonstrates faith. Guys, you realize that God expects us to believe in Him? He expects us to hear His Word, to listen to His Word, to be obedient to His Word, and to carry out by faith what He's commanded us to do in His Word. We simply just trust in the promises of God. And we live those out by faith, being simply obedient to the Lord. We don't know what the outcome in life is going to be. We don't necessarily know what tomorrow is going to hold for any of us, right? We don't necessarily know if, if, if even the prayer requests that we offer up to God are going to come to fruition. But we obey the command of the Lord by faith. We walk by faith. We hear the commands of God. And we trust and we hope that the miracles are going to take place in our life and the blessings of God are going to flow in our life. But simply, I want you to see where it begins. It begins with hearing the command of God and then acting upon that and being obedient to that and living out those commands by faith. I like what Matthew Henry said. And I have the quote for you on the screen. Matthew Henry says this. He says, if we do what we can, notice, if we do what we can, God will do that for us, that which we cannot. But those who expect anything from Christ must recognize Jesus as their master and do what he commands. I love that. A lot of folks want to receive the blessing before they start following by faith, and it doesn't happen that way. We hear the commands of the Lord. We obey the commands of God. We live out the commands of God by faith. As we do that, 
The blessings of God come on our life just like what took place in the, life, in the story here of these ten lepers. Now, here's an interesting detail to this story. The Samaritan stopped short of showing himself to the priest, right? Ten of them heard the command. Ten of them got up and went to the priest. Nine of them continued on. One stopped short of seeing the priest and turned around and expressed his thanks to Jesus for the healing. And probably the other, and probably then went to the, to the priest for verification that he was healed afterwards. But here's the point I want you to get. And here's what I want you to see. This Samaritan took the first steps towards obeying the command of Jesus and he was healed. As he took that first step of obeying the command to go see the priest, he hadn't gotten to the priest yet, right? He was obeying the command. He was going to see the priest, and he noticed that he was healed as he started obeying. So here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to see, and I've got a couple stars by this in in my notes here. He received the benefit even before he fully complied to the command of Jesus. Do you get that? What was the command? Talk to me. Go show yourself to who? The priest. Had he gotten there yet? We don't know in Scripture. It doesn't say that he had gotten there yet. It says as he was going, he stopped and turned around and went back because he noticed that he was healed. So here's what I want you to see. God rewards those. God rewards us and those who start taking steps of obedience. All right? I know back in my own personal life when I completely committed and rededicated my life to Christ and, uh, and this was right after we were married and before we had children and Debbie went through her cancer and, and I realized then that my spiritual life had derailed. I really didn't have God first in my life. So as I made that commitment to rededicate and recommit my life to Christ and allow Him to be first in my life, I started then just daily taking small little steps of obedience by faith. Reading the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, understanding the commands in Scripture that God had laid out for me to obey by faith. And so I started little by little doing that. Now, the first day I started doing that, there weren't a whole lot of changes that really took place in my life. But as I continually did that, then I noticed the blessings and I noticed the faith and I noticed the faith muscles got stronger and I noticed God starting to move in my life a little more. But it took me doing my part first. It took me hearing the Word of God, understanding the Word of God, taking that step of faith in obedience to the command of God, and then the blessings of God. Guys, I could sit here for the next hour and recite to you just blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing that myself and my family have received, and I believe it's in 
in direct contrast to the obedience that we have tried to live out our life in faith to the commands of God. And that's what we see exactly taking place here. This leopard started taking the step of obedience. He's going towards the priest, right? He's sitting by the wayside just crying out to the master for help. Jesus says, get up and go see the priest. He gets up and goes that way. As he's going, he's healed. So here's what I want you to see. He received the benefit before he fully complied. He had not got to the priest yet. And God God rewards those who start taking steps towards obedience. Now let me ask you, what is it that God's been dealing with you about? And probably for all of us it's going to be a little bit different because we're at different spiritual levels in our life and we're at different places in our life. But as we have been in God's Word, God has revealed to us something that we need to be doing, a step in a direction that we need to be going. So let me ask you, have you started taking those steps of obedience? Have you started by faith, not really knowing what's going to unfold, but knowing that you're acting on the commands of the Word of God, are you starting to take that next step by faith? Because that's how it happens. I had a family member that knows everything about our life. I have a family member that knows everything about me before I met Christ, that knows everything about me when I was in my backslidden condition away from the Lord, and now knows me today. And he asked me this question. He said, John, how do you have such strong faith? And I told him. I said, it started years ago with very little faith, but just being obedient today to what I knew God wanted me to do. And then going to bed and resting at night. And getting up the next day and being obedient the next day to what I knew God wanted me to do. And the next day, just being obedient to what I knew God wanted me to do. And then taking the next step the next day and being obedient to what I knew God wanted me to do. I had no idea whatsoever when I started this journey of faith that God was going to call me to be a pastor. That was never a desire of mine. It was never a passion of mine. It was something I never wanted to do. It it wasn't even on my radar screen. I just wanted to love the Lord and serve Him and be obedient to Him today. That's all I ever wanted to do. Not one day in my life, I promise you, not one day in my life did I ever aspire to be a pastor. That was nowhere on my radar, let alone a church planner. In 1999, moved to an area where we know no one to plan and start Victory Church. That was so far off my radar. And now people ask me, how did you do that? How did you get strong faith? Guys, there's no way in the world that I was ready for what the end results are now, 25 plus 27, 30, oh my goodness, 30, I keep adding it up, 30 years later. There's no way 30 years ago, me at this point in my life, just discovering the Word of God and realizing the commands of God and starting by faith 
to walk in those, could I have done what I'm doing now 30 years from, from that point? You understand what I'm saying? The faith got stronger along the journey. It's just like going to the gym and working out. And I shared with you, I don't go to the gym and work out. I hate going to the gym. I know I need to. I know I at least need to get on the treadmill in our garage. We bought this wonderful, beautiful treadmill. And I hang my rags as I'm cleaning my car over it. Right? I hate getting on that thing. I know I need to. But if I got on it more, and if I lift more weights, my arms will be bulging out of this jacket. Right? Right? Why? Because of working them out. The same thing applies spiritually. When you start working out your spiritual faith muscles, at the beginning you're going to be such a weakling. And that first little step is going to seem huge in your life. Right? But 30 years you're going to look back and you're going to say, you know what, that was a big step, but really it's kind of a small step compared to the steps we're taking today. Right? Just like lifting weights, starting out with 4 pounds and you felt like that was all you could ever lift, and now you're lifting 400 pounds. That's not me, by the way, but somebody does that, right? But they don't start out with 400 pounds. The same thing applies spiritually. So my question to you is, what is it that God's dealing with you about? What is that next step of obedience that you need to take? You know what it is. You may have been wrestling with that in your mind. You know what it is. But I want to encourage you, just take the step. Just go in that direction. This leopard that got up, he was going toward the priest. What was the command of Jesus? Go show yourself to the priest. He's going that way. And all of a sudden he looks and he's healed. Friends, I'm here to tell you today, if you will just start living a life of obedience through faith, you'll be amazed at the blessings that will start flooding your life. But it's going to take you doing what God has called you to do. You do that by faith and trust God to do the rest. Can I get a witness? That's good stuff, guys. I hope you're getting this. But that's what this leper did. That's observation number three. Now let me give you four things about gratitude. He stopped on the way because he realized that he had been healed. I mean, it's more than he could stand. And he now had to turn around and go back and thank the one who brought that healing to him. Let me give you four thoughts about gratitude. And I'll hit these real quick. I want you to know that gratitude is more than an attitude. A couple of things here. Number one, gratitude is a decision with an action. Look in verse number 15. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. Gratitude is a decision with an action. Right? It's realizing that we have been blessed. It's realizing that I am where I am today because of somebody. Yes, obviously the Lord, but then other people. You have things today that you have going on in your life because God obviously has been working in your life, but also he's used other people. So my question is, have you thanked them? Have you reached out to other people to say thank you? Have you thanked the Lord? Hopefully you have, but also other people in your life. Gratitude is a decision... With an action. It's something that we do. He saw that he had been healed. He could have continued on to the priest, but he thought, 
I'm healed. Wait a minute. I am going to turn around and thank this man, Jesus, who I called out to. So that's all I'm going to say about that. There's a lot more you could say. There's scripture references. Take a picture of that slide and, and look those up later. I'll email you my notes if you want them. I don't have time to unpack all of that. But I want you to see that gratitude is an action or a decision with an action. Number two is this one that I want you to see about gratitude. Gratitude is an act of humility and worship. It says in verse number 16 that he, after he turned around and went back to Jesus, he fell face down at his feet thanking him and he was a Samaritan. This guy realized that Jesus had healed him. And gratitude was not only a decision with an action for him and he turned around and went back to say thank you, but it's also in an act of humility he went back and worshipped Jesus. Guys, in our worship... We may not physically get into this posture of kneeling down before Jesus, but in our mindset and in our heart and when we're standing and worshiping, we need to have the mindset that we are, we are humbly, with all humility that we can muster up, we're, we're, we're just kneeling before the cross, worshiping the Lord. That's what gratitude is. Gratitude is coming to the Lord with tremendous humility and worshiping Him for what He has done for us. Okay, Although it may not be a physical position we get into, spiritually and mentally, we need to be in that type of mindset. Are you with me? Let me give you another thought here on gratitude. Gratitude draws us closer to God. Now get this one. When we have a heart of gratitude, when we make a decision that we're going to be thankful and we do something about it, when we kneel before the cross and we're humble and we're worshiping Him, you know what it does? It draws us closer to God. Look in verse number 12 and then verse number 15 through 16 of Luke 17. Same story. It says, As he entered a village, ten men with serious skin diseases met him, and Scripture says they stood at a distance. Okay? They stood at a distance, yelling and screaming out to Jesus the Master. They were afar from Him. But after they've been healed by being obedient to the one simple command that He gave, the, the leper turns around in verse number 15, but one of them, seeing that He was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God and fell face down at His feet. Now, this was the leper that was far from Jesus, just yelling maybe across the road or across the parking lot or across the city, just yelling out to Jesus to heal him. And the Lord does. Now this one, because he's very thankful and has a heart of gratitude that he's turned into action, now is at the feet of this man Jesus. So, guys, whenever you develop this spirit of thanksgiving, and this heart of gratitude and realizing that we have what we have today, not because we're gifted and talented or strong or, or not because we have all these wonderful personalities and different things that we can accomplish on our own. Listen, everything that we have today has been a blessing from the Lord. And what we need to do is quit standing afar off from the Lord and come and kneel at His feet and worship Him. Humility and worship, along with gratitude, brings us closer to God. Would you agree? All right, let me give you the fourth one. It's God's will for you to have a heart of gratitude. 
It's simply just God's will. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 18 simply says this, Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for us to be thankful for the blessings that He's bestowed upon us, for the miracles that He's worked in our life, for the relationships that we have today, for the jobs and the careers and the home and the clothing and the family, and the list goes on and on and on and on, for salvation, everything that we have today. It's God's will that we be a thankful bunch of people. Amen? So let me give you a takeaway here. I want to give you three takeaways. If you have your phone, I want you to screenshot these. Takeaway number one. Just leave this up here for a minute, Charlie. Takeaway number one is this. Which of the following gratitude... I'm going to give them to you in a moment. Don't turn there yet. Which of the following gratitude roadblocks could most likely become a barrier for you? You see, we've all found ourselves at some point failing to show gratitude. Right? Taking things for granted. I put a list of a couple things up here. Go ahead and screenshot that one. You'll take a picture of it. Put this one up. Go ahead and take a shot or a picture of that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Charlie. You're good. Right there. Here's some of the barriers or some of the roadblocks that keep us from being thankful. And I want you to think about these. If you have a pen and pencil, you may need to jot some of these down. Do any of these hinder you from being thankful? Maybe not realizing all that you've been given. Maybe taking for granted what I know that I have. Maybe you have a chip on your shoulder. Maybe you're holding a grudge towards someone. Those things will hinder you from having a heart of, of thanksgiving. Maybe just simply not being where you want to be in life or not getting what you have been asking for. Or maybe the next slide. Go ahead if you will, Charlie. Maybe you have the, the roadblock or the barrier that I deserve it. You know, everything that I have, I deserve it. And maybe you don't have a heart of gratitude with having that type of a mindset. Maybe you're angry because God still hasn't answered your prayers or no one's thanked you lately. So now you're not being very thankful to God or to anyone else. Or maybe taking the time to, to say thank you. Or maybe there's something else. Maybe you just haven't taken the time to say thank you. Or maybe there's something else. Whatever. What is the roadblock that's going on in your life that's keeping you from being a thankful person. You've got to identify that. You've got to know what it is. And I'll be honest with you. You know, life sometimes is, is tough and difficult and hard places you've got to get through. And sometimes because of hurt and pain that takes place in your life, you can put up these walls, you can wall yourself in, and you find yourself isolated because you don't want to get hurt by anybody else, and you lose your thankfulness and your gratitude. You've got to knock those walls down. Okay, that's a whole other lesson in and of itself on how to do that. But these are roadblocks and barriers. So I want to ask, what is it that's hindering you from having a thankful spirit or a thankful heart or a mindset of gratitude or going to that person or going to the Lord and simply saying thank you? Let me give you takeaway number two here. All right, real quickly. All right, I said in 60 seconds. I want you to think about this really, really fast, all right? I want you to take, take a picture of that, and sometime this week, I want you to have a little devotional time about this and think about this, but at least right now, real quick, let's do this. In 60 seconds, write down or think as fast as you can the things you're thankful for in the following three categories. In your relationships, think real quick. In your relationships, 
What, what are you thankful for in the relationships that you have? Number two, on who God is. Who is He to you? Thankful. Real quick, what is it? On who God is that you're thankful for. And category number three is material possessions. And the categories can go on and on and on. But these are three to kind of get us started. Thinking about what it is we can be thankful for. Okay? So we need to do this often. Because all too often we take things for granted. We just kind of go through life and we take the blessings of life for granted. And and we're hustling and, and trying to get to the next stage of life or the next level in life or the next thing in life. And, and we fail to thank God for what he's already blessed us for and with, right? So takeaway number three. Do that one. Takeaway number three. Most of what we focused on this week is simply just saying thanks to God. And hopefully and prayerfully you've taken time to do that. But takeaway number three is this. Is there anyone right now that you need to get in touch with to just say thanks? Right? All of us have had people that God has used to bless us. Right? All of us have had people in our life that have helped us to get, achieve, have, be, whatever it may be, the person that we are today. How long has it been since you've said thank you to that person? Maybe it's a family member. You need to take time. So why don't you do that today? Whoever it is right now that you feel like God has laid on your heart, impressed on your spirit, to say thank you to, that's your homework when you leave church today. Reach out to that person And just say thank you. Okay? Why is all that important? Because gratitude is more than an attitude. It's a decision that we take action on. It draws us closer to the Lord. And it's the will of God that we be a thankful people. All right? So that's my message today. I hope you've been encouraged and blessed through that and And I want to encourage you, take that first step of obedience. Whatever it is that God is working in your heart to be and do, as he's commanded you in Scripture, be obedient, take that first step, continue taking those steps, and you'll be amazed of the blessings that God is going to bestow upon you. Now, you don't take the steps to receive the blessings. I understand. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I am saying, as you are just being faithful and obedient, you're going to be amazed at how God blesses you for that. All right? All right. All hearts and minds clear? All right. Tyler, I want you guys to come on back up here and get us ready to dismiss in the song. I need to make a couple announcements. Uh, first of all, there is no youth this evening. And secondly, oh, yes, I didn't take up an offering, did I? All right, Dustin, if you will, come on up, please. Dustin's back there holding the offering baskets. Rolo, come on back. So we'll let them play us a little music. We'll take up the offering here in just a moment. But remember, there's, there's no youth this evening, okay? Uh, so remember that. Also, we do have Awana ministry here this coming Wednesday evening. So for those, as soon as service is over, if you can help us stack these chairs up and, and clean this room out, get the chairs out of this room, we could use your help. Usually the youth group does that for us on Sunday nights when they finish up youth. Uh, here on Sunday night, but they're not going to be here tonight. So uh, just so our Iwana workers don't have to do that when they come in on Wednesday, if you could help us do that, we'd appreciate you helping us stack the chairs up as soon as service is over, okay? However, though, service is not over because we're going to continue in a spirit of worship and take up our offering, right? Dustin, 
So uh, let's just pray over our offering. Father, thank you for the privilege to be able to give back a portion of what you've blessed us with. We give this offering with a spirit and a heart of thanksgiving, thanking you for all the many wonderful things that you've bestowed upon us. Bless the offering, bless the giver, bless the gift. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you give as the Lord has blessed you. As soon as we're done with the offering, I'll turn it over to Jared and Tyler, and they will dismiss us. Any other announcements we need to make going into the week? Help us next Saturday if you can, December 3rd, uh, decorating for Christmas. Be here at 9 a.m. And big boxes. We need big boxes for the Christmas program on December the 18th. So if you bought a brand-new refrigerator on Black Friday, we could use that box, okay? Or whatever it is. If you have any big boxes at home or at work or anything, we could use those, okay? Anything else? All right. Let's all stand together, please. And I think they're almost done taking up the offering. God bless you all. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. Have a great week. I'll see you back here next week.